Back, it is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017 TheHammer.com. All right, over to our Hammerhead Hotline, your friend and mine, Tom Deanhart of GoldenBlack.com, as uh, Purdue gets set to go up to South Bend. Tom, always a pleasure talking with you, my friend. I just happened to pull up the Media Mania picks here, and uh, I see that you uh, have taken Notre Dame with a very low degree of confidence in this one. So full disclaimer, for those of you who don't know Tom, uh, absolutely just, just hates everything here, all things that are nice and fun. We can't have anything great. He's already taken Notre Dame, doesn't believe in this Boilermaker team. What's wrong with you, Tom? Well, if it could be a close game, like I said, it's got low confidence for Notre Dame winning, so I think there's a chance Purdue could win. Um, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, both teams have their issues right now, especially, uh, I think, with the offensive lines. I think that, that that's going to be the key. Which team's offensive line can play best is probably going to be the team that uh, has the best chance to win. I think this game's going to go deep into the fourth quarter, being a toss-up. Uh, I've just seen so many things go against Purdue up in that stadium over the years that that uh, I think Andy's going to find a way to pull out a close win when it's all said and done. Yeah, they don't really have the best history up there now, do they? I mean, it's just uh, it, it it's been a lot of heartbreak. But you know, you take a look at this Notre Dame Fighting Irish team, buddy. It's not like they are inspiring a ton of confidence over the last two weeks. They found a way to blow a massive lead against Florida State. Uh, they found a way to uh, almost lose to Toledo as well. It's not like they're firing on all cylinders up there at South Bend. You almost uh, you don't feel like Purdue can catch them here, or uh, I, I I don't know. Is there any scenario that you can see Purdue and something happening that you feel like Purdue could actually go up there and win this game? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think there's a chance Purdue can pull it out here. Um, I think a couple things have to happen. I, I think Purdue's going to have to probably throw the ball again. And again and again, uh, probably 50 passes for Jack Plummer. You got to play to your strength, and that's definitely Purdue's strength. I think they're going to struggle to run the football. I think they'll do all they can to try to manufacture a run game, you know, with short passes, maybe some wide receivers taking handoffs, Plummer involved a little bit in the run game. But I, I think that the treading could be tough trying to run it. So I think they're going to have to pass the ball to guys like David Bell, Payne Durham, Milton Wright, you know, Brock Thompson, TJ mm-hmm. Sheffield. Guys like that try to win, and I think uh, I think he's probably going to have to score maybe what I could call an unconventional touchdown on, on defense or special teams. And then lastly, you get back to turnovers. You know, Purdue's only had one on the year, which is an exceptional. They're going to have to win the turnover battle. And if they can force two or three turnovers from Notre Dame, I think they have a shot to pull off the upset. They're only a seven-point underdog, and like you said, Notre Dame hasn't been a, a world-beater any stretch of imagination in the first two games. So, yeah, there's no doubt this is a beatable Notre Dame team. But, you know, once you step on the field 2.30 on Saturday with all those fans there, the lights, the cameras, throw another ball of wax. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if Purdue can withstand an early flurry by, by Notre Dame if it comes and take that punch and respond and, and maybe try to get its footing and, and maybe get a lead and get after that Notre Dame quarterback, Jack Cohn, because I think they have a good chance to sack him. Tom Deanhart here, goldenblack.com, on the Hammerhead Hotline with us. You know, he, he brings up uh, some good points. You got the data to back you up here, too, buddy. Here, Irish have won nine of the last ten against the Boilermakers. They are four and six against the spread over those uh, nine uh, out of those ten games, which tells me that these things end up being 
uh, a, a little bit closer than uh, what the prognosticators would think. Look, I think Purdue's going to end up in a hole early in this one, buddy. I, you just look at Notre Dame has been able to do that strike first here. It's Notre Dame holding on to a lead that seems to be the biggest issue for them as of late. And, you know, you talk about an unconventional, uh, uh, you know, touchdown sorts. And George Carlotta still looking for that first sack. It's not like he hasn't been disruptive. It's not like the defensive line hasn't been disruptive. But uh, I don't know if they necessarily have those hard stats to back up how good they played. Yeah, the pressures have been there for that defensive line. There's no doubt. Just one sack as a team by Jalen Graham, but they've definitely disrupted quarterbacks, gotten them out of their rhythm, and done a good job. Maybe that payoff comes Saturday, like I said. I think Jack Cohn's been sacked 10 times this year already. <clears throat> Not a real mobile quarterback. And Notre Dame's probably going to play two quarterbacks. They did last week. They played a freshman, brought him in as a change of pace to try to spark the ground game, and it worked. So i got to imagine people could see that wrinkle on Saturday as well. Cohen passing the ball and then the freshman running it. So, again, Pooh can get a lead, Jared, and uh, that would be huge. And I think uh, uh, with the lead, Notre Dame's probably going to have to throw it. And that's when guys like Carl Loftus and Demarcus Mitchell and company can pin their ears back and maybe get some sacks, get Notre Dame in some, you know, disadvantages uh, down in distant situations and then maybe get some turnovers. So, uh, getting a lead for Purdue obviously would be a huge, huge bonus for them. Buddy, do you think we're going to see Xander Horvath the rest of the season? I, I know they say four to eight weeks, and if I start to do that math out there, we're we're getting into November, right? And then, uh, we'll just saying if it goes the eight weeks, we're getting into November, and then you got to have a guy that's going to have to try to get his legs back under him because he really hasn't been doing much, you know, over the the, the previous month or so. I, I don't know how realistic is it that we will see Xander Horvath again, unless it's a bowl game. We'll have to see. I think uh, how his rehab comes along, how his health is, if he wants to get back on the field to risk any further injury. You know, maybe he wants to protect himself. I think he has a chance to play in the NFL. Or maybe Horvath gets healthy. He wants to get out there just to see how he feels and to show everybody that he's healthy and ready to go. So who knows? You know, uh, uh, long story short, but who knows it's got to go at least four weeks, if not more, without its number one running back. You know, Dylan Downing. King Daru, uh, the ball's theirs, right? Yeah. And uh, they're going to have to carry the load as it is. And maybe we'll see some of the true freshmen, Jaquez Cross. He's a smaller back, but he's awfully quick. I know Jeff Brom is getting him ready this week, so could see dribs and drabs of him. So, yeah, Bruce's going to have to get creative when it comes to running the football. Like I said, Dylan Downing and King Daru aren't going to run away from him. Uh, that's why they, they try to use these wide receivers with carrying the football a little bit. That's why a guy like Jaquez Cross could be a nice weapon, and that's why Purdue, like I said earlier, can maybe just have a nice short passing game to sort of act as a de facto running game as well. So um, they're never, never going to probably run for 200 yards in a Big Ten game, but they've got to do it enough to keep defenses off balance and, and respect the run so they have plenty of room to pass it when they want to pass it. I was going to say, yeah, it's not like uh, Jeff Brown needs an excuse to uh, not go to the run game very often, stay with the passing game. But, yeah, you still need somebody, especially when you're starting to get inside that 5-10 yard line, you know, or uh, in the fourth quarter and you're trying to run clock down. You can only throw so many quick slants and stuff to act as a run. I think not having a guy, and especially your most physical runner, too. Uh, no disrespect to uh, King or to, to Downing. They're perfectly fine backs, but, you know, they're not nearly as bruising as uh, Xander Horvath was. Yeah, or as proven. I, I think Dylan Downing can definitely be a physical back, but, again, he doesn't have that experience. He's just a redshirt freshman. 
And you know what? You're right, Jerry. There, there, there comes a point in every game that you're just going to have to knuckle up fourth and one, fourth and short, and play Big Ten football. You can't gimmick your way to first downs in the red zone, especially. Uh, and you're going to have to run the ball and push somebody backwards. That, 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 that time is going to come in every ball game, and, and that's going to be key for Purdue. When they get in the red zone, can they pick up that, that first down? Can they, can, can they score the touchdown from the six-inch line on fourth, fourth and inches or third and inches, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you really can't gimmick your way too much in the entire game when you're trying to run the football. At some point, you're going to have to line up and be a man. Like I said, be physical and just uh, impose your will on somebody. And it'll be interesting to see if Purdue can do that because this Notre Dame game is going to be a great litmus test for the entire program. You know, Oregon State, UConn were one thing. Now now it's big boy football. Now it's Notre Dame. And then they get into the Big Ten season. So this will be a nice test for all three phases of Purdue's team to see where it's at before they come back home next week and play Illinois. What do you take away from that UConn game? Obviously, you know, they, they run the score up. We knew this was a very, very bad UConn team. But for me, Tom, I, I say to myself, I know that's a bad UConn team, and that was a huge spread. But I feel like in the past, this team may have gone out there and won it maybe like by 10 or 12 somehow in, in, in spite of itself. But this time they really went out there and they did what they were supposed to do and uh, they, they crushed that team. What was your takeaway from watching the game against UConn? I, I think you summed it up well. And for me, it was something similar. When they took care of business like they were supposed to take care of business, Jared. They were a 34-point favorite. They were supposed to crush this team, and they went out and did exactly that. Plus, they got to play a lot of guys, too. So a nice confidence builder for the offense, for the defense. And, again, they did what they were supposed to do. That, that's a sign of maturity and, I think, good leadership mm-hmm. internally and amongst the coaching staff that they were able to go out and not, like you said, just squeak by here, only win by a couple of touchdowns. They went out and executed and won by the margin score they were supposed to win by. And, you know, the, again, the, the one Paul that's cast over it, of course, is the Horbath injury. But aside from that, like I said, I think they checked about every box they probably wanted to check during that trip out there at East Hartford. Yeah, if you would have told any of us over the last two seasons, yeah, we're going to have a game where we play four quarterbacks, you'd be like, oh, gosh, how bad did that <laughs> thing get, right? I mean, that's exact, that would be yeah. what your reaction was. And I think, you know, even if you monitored, like, Twitter and stuff like that, and I think I mentioned it in the pregame show, I think there's still a lot of fans out there that were just kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop. Like, all right, the game against Oregon State went pretty darn well. Okay, where, where's where's it coming from? You know, you're just waiting for something to happen, like uh, – like your uh, Chris Paul in that State Farm commercial all the time. Like, all right, I'm just waiting. It's coming. Where's it coming from? And here's Purdue and Jeff Brom coming in going, you know what? It's going surprisingly well. Don't worry about it. This will go surprisingly well. And uh, it did. It's a, it's a newfound confidence. And when you play, you know, to get that as a player is one thing. The fan base is going to need a little bit more reassuring, I think, though. Yeah, I'll tell you, but, you know, Purdue's in a good situation here on Saturday. They're not expected to win, right? They're the underdog and it's the number 10 team in the country. They're supposed to lose. So I think that gives you uh, some, some, some cachet to sort of just play loose and play free and have fun. There's no pressure on Purdue. If they win, it's, it's a big-time bonus, right? If they lose, no big deal. You come home, you got Illinois, and you got Minnesota, a chance to still go 4-1. and one. So, again, they're sitting in a good position here without having any pressure on them. So I, I think that mentality – in that mindset, it can really help a team relax a little bit, not buckle to the pressure of expectations, have fun. And you know what? When you're relaxed and having fun, sometimes good things happen. 
Tom Deanhart of goldandblack.com. Again, you guys got to give him a follow. Am I missing any other good uh, tidbits from this week? It's Thursday. Sometimes some things get under the radar here. They don't really get reported because uh, it's like really the last day before you know you guys get to uh, talk to anybody or anything like that. I know you had a talk with Mark Hagan too earlier this week, didn't you? Yeah, we're talking Jeff Brom here momentarily for one last time. And yeah, we'll see if there's any updates at all. The reports will have something on the side here in a few hours. See what Jeff Brom. In his final words, if he has anything to say before the team packs up, he's about two hours north of here for Saturday's game. So make sure you follow on goldenblack.com, and uh, you'll see all that stuff. Tom loves to lie, tweet that stuff, tell you all the things that you need to know as uh, Purdue, a uh, seven, seven-and-a-half-point underdog at Notre Dame this Saturday. Tom Deanhart, buddy, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. You, you can be on our uh, pregame show on Saturday, won't you? Yeah, I'll talk to you then, buddy. All right, sounds great, bud. Take care of yourself. All right, take care, Jared. That's Tom Deedhart, folks. Love talking to that guy. He's always got good stuff for us. He'll be on uh, Boiler Game Day with us uh, at about uh, what, like 12.45. I think we got him penciled in for on Saturday with Kyle and myself. So uh, mark your calendars. Great pregame show for you this Saturday. We got a break. We'll come back. We'll go back in time and uh, a little bit more next. This is the Hammer Down Show.